Amen. Amen. Thank you, David, for sharing that with us this morning. It's now time for Children's Church. So if you are pre-K through third grade, it is your time to come down. Our Children's Church is upstairs. If you are wondering where your kids go, they're going upstairs. Miss Jordan is actually teaching Children's Church this morning. We have one item of business before we get into the word this morning, and that is that we have someone on our staff who has been here for 14 years and that is worth celebrating. So Miss Brenda Heiss, thank you so much for your service in the kingdom of God. I don't know where you are, if you're even in here this morning. There she is. <clears throat> Praise the Lord for her. Thank you. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> If you guys know Brenda, she keeps us organized around here, and we're very thankful for her, her uh, continued steadfastness uh, of faith to be with all of us for that long. We also have another one, uh, Mackenzie Bailey. She is our communications director, and she is now celebrating her one-year anniversary, and we are very thankful for her as well. So thank you, Mackenzie. Thank you. We're kind of a family around here. If you're new with us, we kind of just just do everything together. So it's kind of hard to to separate uh, big church, small church. It's kind of hard to separate it all. So, you know, God speaks through his people and, and uh, we want to do that this morning. Thank you for allowing us to spend this morning in prayer. There's, there's, there's a lot on my heart. Um, we just felt like as a team this morning, we needed to start our service in prayer, um, just modeling that idea that the Lord gathers his people to pray, right? And we don't want to just take that for granted, that we don't only gather for worship, but we gather for prayer and the reading of God's word and also the hearing of God's word as we worship together in corporate fellowship. And it's just such an exciting time. We did this uh, conference this weekend called We Are the Church. And if you weren't here, I would encourage you, if you are a part of a community group, to talk to someone in your community group this week about some of the things that we talked about. As we talked about a lot of things, but um, um, God is just moving amidst his people, amidst his community groups. And uh, it's just a really neat thing to see how the Lord is at work uh, amongst uh, not only the people in our church, but then sending those people across the world. We want to be a sending church, and this is the beginnings of what God wants to do here, and I believe he's going to do miraculous things. Speaking of miraculous, we're on in our... Uh, series gifted to give and all the gifts are from the Lord God Almighty who gives good gifts to his children. Amen. <laughs> and we believe that he doesn't just give us these gifts so we can we can show how great we are. That's not the purpose of the gifts. The gifts are to show how great he is. Thus when he gives us spiritual gifts, we give those to one another, glorifying the Lord together. And this is a beautiful thing. 
So those manifestations of the Spirit, those showings of the Spirit, is this opportunity for God to declare himself. It's an opportunity for God to declare who he is through people. Remember, all these gifts are for the glory of God. Anyone using the gifts for their own advancement or their own glory misunderstands how and why they are to be used. So if we understand the spiritual gifts correctly, we understand that it's a spirit of humility through much prayer that God actually gives the gifts to show his glory, to build his church. Remember, it is Christ who builds his church, amen? And he uses humble people willing to be used by God to be the hands and feet of Jesus who are empowered by the spirit of the living God, not by their own might, nor by their power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen? We've talked about Christ being the wisdom of God and showing the path of wisdom is through Jesus. We talked about how the only way to knowledge is understanding who Christ is. We talked about the steadfast love of God, the faithfulness of God in Christ Jesus. We talked about how God is a healing God and by Christ's wounds you have been healed, not only spiritually from sin, but one day healed from all your pain and your sickness and all your suffering. He will wipe every tear from your eye. So God gives these gifts to his church as he wills to show the glory of Christ on the earth to one another and to a lost and dying world. And now we get to these next three gifts. And what are they? Miracles, prophecy, and discerning of spirits. We group these together because we feel like they have a grouping together. Now it starts to get good, doesn't it? What's he going to say on these, right? All right, let's, let's read it together. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. I'm gonna start in verse four though. Let's start in verse four. If you'll read in honor of God's word together as we believe that this is the infallible, inerrant word of God and we wanna hear from him, not ourself, amen? So 12, verse four. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. And then we get to our text this morning. Verse 10, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. That's it. You can be seated this morning. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. Now we're not going to get to tongues this morning because there's too much to gather here. So we're going to save that for next week, but let's pray before we get started. Father God, we thank you that you are the God who speaks 
And you speak to us through your spirit, Father. You speak to us through your word. And Father, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us this morning, that you would speak through your word in which you have given. Father, we thank you that you are the God of miracles, that you are the God who gives to us what we need to know and to, to discern between what is from you and what is not. And Father God, we pray as we walk through these giftings this morning that you would raise up young men, young women, old men, old women, Father, that will be gifted to give according to your word, that they would be empowered by your spirit to be the hands and feet of Christ on this wicked and broken earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There's a word in the English language called serendipity. It has this connotation of the occurrence and development of events by chance. That key word right there, chance, and and usually it has to do with a happy or beneficial way. Serendipity, it's actually, they made a movie about it, the word, in which a guy and a girl fall in love and they somehow just meet one time and then lose their contact information. And just so happened, 10 years later, they finally meet, right? The the cute meet and then they meet later and the, the world calls that chance, right? The world calls that lucky, serendipity. These guys were describing a, a guy they met um, across the world and then they happened to meet him again and then the Lord is speaking to them a conviction. We don't believe that chance or happenstance exists. We believe that our sovereign God did that. He put it in one man's heart to go to North Africa and to lead that group of men to North Africa to speak to a person who had already encountered the gospel and to speak in such a way as he would feel the conviction of God on his life. We don't believe that that is happenstance or chance. You see, as believers, we don't believe that we came about, that this earth came about through atoms crashing into each other as luck would have it. We don't believe that. We don't believe our DNA just jumped a sequence and we came from apes. We don't believe that. We don't believe the solar system became ordered by some rocks clanging together. We don't believe the land came about by the cracks in the bottom of the ocean. No, we believe there is a God who created all things, who ordered the sun, moon, and stars, who separated the land from the sea, who created us from the dust and breathed life into his creation. We believe that God knit us together in our mother's womb and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We believe that. And we also believe that God 
has a plan for our lives. Amen? We believe that he works together everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We believe our God is active in our world. We believe that he is raising up kings and then disposing of kings and kingdoms in this world. We believe that he raises up kingdoms as the arms of his judgment against those who are in need of his judgment. We believe in the work of God throughout the Bible, the judgment of the flood in the days of Noah and the ark, the parting of the Red Sea in the days of Moses. We believe our God had something to do with the stone that crushed the head of Goliath from the sling of David. We believe the floating axe in the days of Elijah. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe in the miracles of Jesus Christ. But most of all, We believe in the resurrection of the dead. Amen. Why? Because Jesus was on a cross and three days later he rose from the dead. Amen. We believe that it was not happenstance, but it was the very plan of God for Christ to die upon the cross and raise from the dead three days later. And we believe that one day we will resurrect to be with him for all eternity. Thus, we believe God is at work among us. He has been at work. He will be at work. He is at work. Even today, he is at work. He is at work in revealing himself to people. In creation, he is revealing that he is the God of order, not chaos. In his word, he's revealing to us that he is the God of steadfast love who rescues his people in the narrative and the work of God and bringing about Christ Jesus, our Lord. He's revealing he's also the God who brings about salvation through judgment. We believe that because Christ has paid for our sin, we are now declared righteous and holy and that God can now dwell among his people. We believe that God has sent his Holy Spirit to his church to speak through the people that Jesus is Lord. Amen? We believe that God has sent his Spirit to his church to speak the wisdom of God according to his word. We believe that God has sent his Spirit to speak the knowledge of God according to his word. We believe that God has given his people faith to see the kingdom of God not only come into their life, but the life of others. We believe that God has given the gifts of healings and that he gives us a glimpse of our eternal reward where there will be no pain or suffering and today we see God as a God of miracles not of happenstance he is the God who reveals himself through people according to his word and what we would call prophecy and he reveals to his people from the spirit whether the people speak from God or from somewhere else in the discerning of spirits. So no, we don't believe in happenstance or chance or luck. 
We believe in the sovereign plan of God in our life and that he is working. So this is our point number one this morning, and we're dealing with gifts of workings of miracles, prophecy, and distinguishing of spirits. This is point number one this morning. God has given miracles as he is the miracle-working God. Amen? It's a double plural in the Greek, just as gifts of healings were. It is the workings of miracles. So it's describing that there is a variety, even within the gifts of healings and within the gifts of miracles, there's a variety of ways in which God expresses himself through a gift of a miracle. It's probably not someone who is a miracle worker, but somebody who has been given a grace gift of God to see a miracle happen through their prayer or through them, which God has given to them. To see God use them to do something only he can do even if it is one time. I just think about, I'm, I'm just going to go back to it, but someone who declared that they were speaking the word of the Lord and there was conviction in the life. Is that not miraculous? That someone who has grown up in a Muslim culture, who has lived their life in a Muslim household, would now be open to the fact that they are a sinner in need of a savior. And God did that through one person here. You see, the workings in the Greek comes from the word inner gamma, earlier used in verse six as activity or energy or work. Look at verse six. And there are varieties of activities. That's the same word in the Greek. We used it as this energy or work or activity. And the working of what? This working, this energy of what? Well, in the Greek, it's dynamos. We use the word power from. This working of power or working of, in some translations, miracles. Certainly, all healings, and we talked about healings last week, are demonstrations of miraculous powers. But not all miraculous powers are healings, okay? You understand that? God does miracles that are not just physical healings. I, uh, I'm going to share this with you of one of the experiences God has shown himself in a major and powerful way in my life. When we were working um, to be IMB missionaries in Thailand, me and my wife spent two years in Thailand. Um, we were in Washington, D.C. in our training And you do a month of training before you're sent over into the field. And there was an exercise in which you go to the mall in Washington, D.C., the capital, and you go and you literally share with people the gospel. And you're to target internationals and have gospel conversations. Um, And we we were trying to do that. And either people were just blowing us off, like, we don't want to talk to you, or... I'd get into a, a conversation, I'd bring up Christ, and they just kind of just 
just go blank and just kind of walk away. So Jordan and I were, were a little bit frustrated. I, I certainly was. I was frustrated that I couldn't find somebody to share the gospel with, right? Out of thousands of people walking around in Washington, D.C., I just need one person. And so uh, the Lord in, in his leading just has me sit on this bench and literally I said, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray the Lord leads us somebody. He brings us somebody. Because I'm tired of doing this on my own, trying to find somebody to share the gospel with. I'm just going to pray that God would bring someone to me. And just as I finished praying, a Chinese man dressed in what looked like a religious black garb in his 80s walks up to me sitting on the bench that I had just been praying for someone to come and his granddaughter next to him, no joke, first words out of her mouth were, my grandfather is a Tao priest or a Tao monk and would like to talk to you about your religion. Yeah, no joke. Jordan, Jordan can testify, she's in children's area, but she can testify to this happening. And I, 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 I just, in that moment, God was just reminding me that he is going to work. I, I, I can try to do all these things on my own, but it is his sovereign plan. And I need to rest and ask him to do the work, the inner gamma, the working of God, right? It's not about my abilities, my talents, how good I am, how hard I try. It's about the work of God, not about me. The working power of God. You know, Jesus used miracles, the working power of God to declare himself As God, we find the scriptures, the good shepherds feeding the crowds and feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. All for what reason? To prepare them for a sermon entitled, I am the bread of life, right? He, He tells the paralytic to rise and walk to prove A different claim. What was the claim that he was proving? Here stands one who can forgive sins. He raises Lazarus from the dead, exclaiming the point that I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So the point of the working of God, the point of the working of the miracles is pointing us Jesus is Lord. At his voice, the water turns into the wine. The storm stills. The demons beg to depart and enter swine, all to provoke the question, who is this? And how should we deal with this Jesus? And so if God works through his power in any regard, through his church or through his people, it's certainly declaring Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen. 
So why doesn't he always perform miracles, right? Why doesn't he just, if a blind person enters into our room, why, why aren't they just healed by the prayer of the church? Well, for one, working of miracles does not always lead to repentance and faith. The working of miracles is not just a surefire. If we just did miracles, if we just saw the working power of God in the lives of his people, there would be so many people coming to faith in Christ. That's not what the scripture actually tells us. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they meet a slave girl who has a spirit of divination. They have a demon-possessed slave girl. And she follows them around, declaring these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And Paul becomes annoyed with this slave girl who's declaring truth, but from the demon. And he says, turns around and says, I command in the name of Jesus to come out. And that very hour, the demon come out. You think that the slave girl's owners would be like, man, these guys, they have some power. God is at work in them. Maybe we should hear what they have to say. No, they beat them and throw them in prison. Why? Because they don't have their money anymore from the, from the fortune teller who's demon-possessed. How about Israel? God gives these huge plagues. He turns the Nile into blood. He, he, he gives frogs, and they, they come into the beds of all the Egyptians, right? He turns the sky dark. Ultimately, he kills the firstborn if they don't have the, the blood of the lamb on the, on the doorpost of their life. And Israel exits Egypt. Then they cross the Red Sea and God parts the Red Sea for them and, 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 and they walk across on dry ground and then the Red Sea comes and crashes into the Pharaoh's army. All these miracles are happening before them. They're watching them and what do they do? They get up to the mountain. Moses goes up the mountain and they start worshiping idols. They build a golden cliff and they say, this is our God. Who raised us up from Egypt? It's not leading us to repentance and faith. What about those who were scribes and Pharisees who asked Jesus? They said, We wish to see a sign from you, Matthew 12, 38. He says this an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. So what is Jesus saying an evil, adulterous generation. They want more and more signs. But God has already given them the signs that they need. The same is true for us. The sign that we need is Jesus resurrected from the dead. Amen? 
That is the sign that God sent his only begotten son from heaven to earth to die on the cross, to resurrect from the dead. Appearing to to many people after. I love in in Matthew, it talks about um, that many were resurrected from the dead. When Jesus said, declares, it is finished on the cross, there were many that resurrected from the dead. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? God's given us a foretaste of what it will be like when we resurrect from the dead. God chooses to intervene in ways we can't understand, nor should we try to understand why or how or when God chooses to intervene, but he does. God has done miracles around the world. He has done miracles through his church and will continue to do them through people who ask God. God will not do any work without the church asking for him to work according to his power. He will not. Acts 4.29 is is a great understanding of how we ought to ask the Lord. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hands to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with Boldness. What were they speaking? The word of God? Why were they speaking it? Because people needed to hear it. But they wanted to speak with the arm of God attached to their speaking. They didn't want to just speak out of what they knew. They didn't want to just speak because they should They wanted the Lord to be behind their speaking. They wanted to speak in power, in boldness, with the living God with them. And guess what? The greatest miracle that God does is he raises dead people to life. Amen? In that he takes people who are dead in their trespasses and sins and removes the scale from their eyes and by his grace washes away their sin and makes them a new creation. One day we will all be raised and this mortal body will place on the immortal body. We will be made whole. Our God is a miracle working God and we should ask for him to work according to his will and his power through us, his people. Let's talk about prophecy for a minute. This is point number two this morning. God gives prophecy as a way to reveal himself. God gives prophecy as a way to reveal himself to another prophecy. So working of miracles, prophecy, and the distinguishing, distinguish between Spirits. I believe prophecy, there's a lot of definitions. There are a lot of people that have differing definitions. But essentially, I think the best definition is speaking that which God has revealed. Okay? 
speaking, the person speaks something. And what do they speak? They speak from what God has given to them to speak. What God has revealed to them. And so if you're, if you're taking that definition, how has God actually revealed himself, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we bring it all the way back. It's all about Christ, right? The incarnate Christ, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among men. This is how God has revealed himself. To us. Let, let's read it. We read this scripture last week, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So, how does God speak by the prophets? By the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of power after making purification for sin. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So God has revealed himself, the glory of God, who he is, and he has spoken through Christ. Let's read another one. Colossians chapter one, verse 15, just in case we need understanding of how God reveals himself. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So it is Christ whom God reveals. If we're we're saying that prophecy is this revelation in which we speak, God reveals himself to us, his church, through Christ. So it would be natural for us to speak Christ. Amen? Amen. It would be natural for the church to prophesy, speak Christ, revelation of God himself. It is Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, the Lord would speak to people. He spoke to Moses face to face, right? He didn't speak to Moses in dreams and visions as he did other prophets. He spoke to Moses face to face. And Moses would then speak to the people. He would be the prophet of God as God would give to him what to say and God would say it and then Moses would say it. And we have other prophets that would write down what God would say. That's why we have the the Bible. 
And there was delineation between a false prophet or a true prophet. <laughs> false prophet was somebody who, who, even if they did miraculous signs and wonders, if they led people away from what God had already said, they were a false prophet. Deuteronomy chapter 13. If they led people away from the word in which God had already declared, they were a false teacher, a false prophet. So these prophets would speak to people so that they could understand God. They would know God and live according to his word. So what do we do? We speak, led by the Spirit, the Word of God, into the lives of people. We speak. We are a speaking people. This, this, is, this is, again, we go back to what does the Spirit say? He declares Jesus is Lord. Amen? In verse, verse 3 of chapter 12. The only difference is we, than the Old Testament prophets, is we have the divine revelation of Christ. It seems that the old, the office of the prophet is no longer needed as the canon of scripture was completed. And yet God still uses people to speak to others according to his word. Amen. He still uses his church to speak truth of what God has declared or revealed in Christ to one another. We wouldn't call ourselves a prophet, specifically an Old Testament prophet, as God spoke to Moses face to face. But certainly we would see ourselves as people who declare the truths of God's word to one another and are led by the Spirit. Peter, in his address at Pentecost, quotes the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy is coming about in the last days. This is what Peter says as he opens his sermon 3,000 people are saved in Acts chapter 2. But this was what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams every even on my male servants and my female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy so it's pretty clear right what the prophecy is that God is not just going to put his spirit on some but he's going to put his spirit on all that they may declare what? The revelation of God. Why? Because Jesus Christ has come. <laughs> They're going to declare the truths about the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So the Spirit has been placed upon all God's people because of the finished work of Christ, and they declare the good news gospel. God himself revealing to them who Christ is, and now they proclaim this Christ. There's a difference, though, between speaking to people about Christ and speaking with the Spirit 
of Christ to people. You get that? There's a, speak, there's a difference between speaking about Jesus or with Jesus. We wanna be people who prophesy, meaning speaking the words of God with Christ, with the Spirit, the Spirit leading our conversation according to the word of God. Paul says in chapter 14, and we will read that at some point. Paul says in chapter 14 that we should prophesy. He tells us what this gift does. It builds up, it encourages, and it consoles. That's what the word of God should do. That's what the, the gospel of Christ should do. The revelation of God in Christ Jesus should do. He tells us that the one who prophesies builds up the church and the spirit-led prophecy also leads to conviction of hearers. Here's what it says, 1 Corinthians 14, 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever, outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He's called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. So there's a sense that God is revealing himself to people from people. Does that make sense? So what about the person that says, well, God told me this, or thus saith the Lord from my mouth? Well, we have to understand that God has already revealed his word to us. We have the revelation of Christ, And we must be very careful to declare anything as a word from the Lord. God has spoken according to the scriptures and thus the normative way we as a church prophesy is through his word given to us already in scripture. God reveals to us a scripture that we speak in encouragement or consolation or a building to a church member. God recalls in our minds a story that we can share that God has, what the work that God has already done. These are types of ways in which God works in our life. Anytime people trust the fallible words of man instead of the infallible word of God, it is a travesty. And many people have gotten into a rut following people who claim to speak the words of God. And thus leads us to our partner gift with these two as people can be led astray by false prophets and people performing signs that are against God. So this is our third point this morning. God gives the gift of discernment of spirits to know and follow truth. There are many false teachers in our world today. I'm not gonna go through all of them, but there are many. You turn on the television, you're likely to hear a false teacher. A false prophet as well. Who declare that they have a word from the Lord when it's really a word from themselves. 
Matthew 24, 23, Jesus warns us. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. We've talked about this a lot, but if somebody says to you, This is what we are to do. Look at the fruit. Brother and sister, that is incorrect. I don't care how big the church is. I don't care how many people you led to Christ. I don't care. I want to know what God's word says. What does his word say? We could be the only person doing what the word of God says and be in accordance with God's will. Just as God has his people who are revealing Christ, the enemy has his people who are deceptively trying to lead people astray, twisting the word of God to suit their desires, just like in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say, you will surely not die? You will be like God, knowing good and evil, and we must have the spirit-empowered gift of understanding that that is not what God has said according to his word. We must have spirit-empowered men and women in the church who discern the messages of the world, who discern the work of man, from the work of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So we should evaluate what's being said in our world today. What are the underlying messages that are being taught to your children in school, in their movie, in their, in your workplace? Because they are being taught. And we as a church need to have discernment of what is under those messages that are being taught And we need to teach our children what is the truth of God's word. We need need the spirit of the living God to test what is being said, even if it's from so-called good sources. What we've been trying to do uh, on Wednesday night is culture questions. And if you've been a part of that, which we've had really good attendance to that. We've tried to understand what God has said according to his word on the culture issues of our day. To discern what are the false narratives in our culture today and what God's word has to say on homosexuality, on cohabitation, on abortion, on alcohol, on gluttony, on social media, on marriage, on divorce. And even marijuana, we have the pamphlet 
which is in here, which we had a whole session on marijuana and it gives where we should vote on Tuesday. So if you want that, they're actually on the front here uh, and as well as in our welcome center. But we should test the spirits. Speaking through people and their communication to us. First John 4 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see that whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many. By this you know that the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of God speaks through his word. The spirit of truth is against the spirit of error. Oh Lord, may we raise up men and women who will speak to the errors of our society, to the narratives that are being taught to our children. All these gifts are best done in community. As why? We rejoice over the miracles that God does in our life. We ask God to do miracles in corporate fellowship. We speak truth to one another as the Lord leads and we discern what others are listening to. Whether they're actually hearing from the Lord or they're hearing from other sources. May we seek and desire to see God revealed to one another. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the miracles, the prophecies, and the discerning spirits. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the wisdom that we need according to your spirit to give these gifts to one another in the body of Christ. Lord, we are unable to do these things on our own. We're unable Father, we are a people in need of you today and this morning. And Father, as we worship together, may we just be reminded of your great grace and your love for us and how we need you in every aspect of our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand and worship? The altar is open for those that need to pray. We're gonna worship the Lord together.